This podcast is sponsored by Scout and Cellar. Clean, crafted wine delivered to your door. Must be 21 years of age or older and only delivered in the U.S. Hello and welcome to Life Coaching Comedians. I'm your transformational life coach, Alexis Chardet. And today I have a client that I've been trying to track down for a while. Um, I would describe him as probably Phoenix's Worst case scenario when it comes to a comedian's mental health. He is, in fact, suicidal. And uh, if you, too, are struggling with suicide, uh, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Um, but I would like to welcome into my therapy, virtual therapy room, Michael Mees. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Hey, today? how's it going? I would also recommend uh, maybe you don't call the hotline because we have way too many fucking people on the planet so you know maybe you're helping out oh, okay i see what you're saying so are you one that is for new world order no uh fuck the new world order but i'm just saying there's too many people and i'm sick of sitting in traffic it's getting annoying so you know if you want to make traffic go a little smoother i'm not against it Mm, interesting. Uh, uh, that's how I think about that, Mike. Um, excuse me, how rude of me. Um, don't you, do you not have a car? I thought you didn't have a car, Mike. No, what happened is uh, one day I drank too much. I thought I could drive to the store and successfully acquire more beer. I got more beer. And then on my way back, I kind of hit somebody with my car. Mm, okay. Okay. And have you, uh, dealt with that? Have you, you know, taken uh, yeah, I had to go to jail for a little while, okay. uh, okay. rehab for a little while. That's okay. a fun time. Don't drink and drive mm -hmm. and hit people with your car kids. If you're going to drink and drive, do it successfully. And you know, or we, could just, or we could just not do it because we don't want to condone drinking and driving here. I would, I would like to, per, per, I would like to repeat. I would like to make it very clear. I've already con uh, I've I would already like to make it very clear that Lexus Charday, transformational life coach, with an amazing platform, who's going to be the next Oprah, says, "Do not drink and drive. Get a designated driver. Get an Uber." get lift and whatever you do do not do or repeat anything mike Mees says he yeah has done. uh the goal here in life is not do anything mike Mees does uh two minutes in i've already condoned suicide and drunk driving oh mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. it's okay mike i mean you know you're you're aware you're aware i feel like you've been aware for a while and you know there's this very interesting stage throughout the transformation process, right? Like you have to be aware first, but sometimes, you know, people just stick in this little, like, I know I'm doing it, but I'm going to keep doing it. And I feel like you've been stuck there for as long as I've known you. <laughs> that is an accurate statement. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it's like a thing where I know what I'm doing is shitty and I keep doing it and I can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I'm like, I need to be a good person and stop being a piece of shit. And yet I find myself at one in the morning snorting coke off a stripper's ass and I'm just like, oh, this isn't the right way to live, but I'm having a good time. And you know what, Mike? It's okay because at one point I was the stripper that you were snorting the coke that coke off of. I mean, not saying that you, not saying that you know. For the record, Mike Mies has not snorted coke off my ass, but I'm just saying I've been in that lifestyle, so I understand where you're coming from. And so I, I love how you said you had to figure it out why you keep doing it. So that's what I want to help you do. Cause once we figure out why, then when those feelings come back and you recognize that you're about to make a bad choice, you can then step back and dissect the situation and, you know, weigh your opportunity costs at life and figure out how to move forward and not make those choices anymore. And believe me, Mike, it is possible. Well, uh, you know, I've uh, actually, I've been to AA, I've been to rehab, I've done all this stuff. Um, I'm what you call a severe alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I'm actually so bad that all my friends are degenerates and they look at me and they're like, oh, Mike, you're the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to the point where uh, you have that thing in your brain that tells you you shouldn't do this, but then you have that other part of your brain that says, yeah, go do it. And while I'm making these bad decisions, um, you know, uh, I do it all. I drink excessively. I fucking uh, hook up with random chicks that are on drugs. And every time they come over to my house, they're like, oh, you have a spare bedroom. Can I stay? I'm like, no, bitch, you need to get the fuck out. Um, also, but you like, don't say that out loud because you don't have any balls and they end up staying for a few months. A uh, few days, and usually after like the second or third day, I start getting irritated. Mm-hmm. And so, what happens when you get irritated if your normal behavior is already quite self destructive? Oh, you got to just find an excuse, like uh, just to anything to get them out. Like, hey, I got to go do this thing, and I don't want you here alone at my house. I have my own place, I live alone, I have a spare bedroom, and every girl I hook up with seems to want to move in that spare bedroom, which is annoying. And it's just like, Hey, I got to go do this thing. I'm not comfortable with you being in my house for the next six hours. So I'll take you home and then I'll pick you up. And then they wait for that phone call for me to be done with the thing that I told them I was doing. And then I never call again. Okay. Okay. You know, um, I don't really think that's necessarily a bad thing because I don't think you needed those women in your life to begin with, but you know, oh, oh, um, no. human decency is always a good thing too. Uh, if you want people to be decent to you, you might as well be decent to them and just say, Hey, you know what? Uh, it was fun <laughs> while it lasted, but I wasn't in my right mindset. And, uh, I, I hope we both seek help not together, but separately, you know? Oh, you, you, you can't be honest with these bitches. They don't take honesty. Like, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying well, women are bitches. I'm not hold taking that stance. There are some amazing women met in my life, mm-hmm. but the girls that are fucking me are not that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very powerful statement there, Mike. Uh, yeah. You do realize that everyone that comes into your life is in some way, shape, or form a reflection of you. 
So oh, uh, bitches terrifying. don't take honesty very well. Maybe Mike Mees doesn't take honesty very well. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Okay, okay, good. Awareness, awareness, yeah. So um, is the only thing that these women are girls that uh, find themselves in your guest room is the only thing that they have in common the fact that they were on drugs when you met them? Uh, unfortunately, most of them are, but those are just seem to be the women that are attracted to me. And uh, I'm so dumb. It's like if you got a pretty face and you can like talk dirty to me i i just fall for it every time mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. interesting okay i'm easy is what i'm trying to say <laughs> all men are mike all men are it's just uh maybe if you have just a little bit more patience instead of just throwing your dick at the first thing that bats their eyelashes at you. I mean, come on, keep it in your pants. I can't. I, I, yes, here's you the can. thing. I, I figured this out a while ago is, uh, I was talking to, uh, one of my friends, uh, Tristan Bowling. He's a, mm -hmm. a good friend of mine and a, a fellow Phoenix comic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A few steps yeah. in the mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, you know what is I grew up in like my mom was like in the Kelly Bundy area. Mm -hmm. Like that was their thing back in the eighties when I was born, the late eighties is that you go see these bands like Metallica, Motley Crue, Poison, shit like that. And it was like a thing that they lived that rock star life and they partied and they drank every day and they fucking hooked up with every girl they could. And they did all this shit. And I thought that shit was normal. So now that I'm an adult, that's what I think is normal. It's like, yes, I'm going to go get on stage and perform and, you know, do my stand up or whatever. But after I'm going to get shit faced and I'm going to go home with any girl here that'll let me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it was like a thing that was kind of embedded in me at a very young age is, oh, that's the way you're supposed to live. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I can I can easily understand. Um, but let's. I mean, why, you know, any girl that lets me, how about I find the hottest, most sexy, most stable-headed woman here that I have to earn to let me, you know? Why not take it more as a challenge than... Because I think that girl will never talk to me. That girl mm. that's wasted, that's falling over at the end of the night, and she's like slurring her words, and she's like, ah, fuck yes. I had all of you. And that's the girl that I know I can take home. And that's why I go home with her. You know, Mike, I think you're creating false beliefs about yourself. Uh, what makes you think that a woman that doesn't do drugs and just has herself a little bit more together than the average women that are throwing themselves at you? What makes you think that they would never talk to you? Um, that's probably a, uh, like a pattern, like in history of my dating life is that that's what has been successful for me. So I keep continuing down that route. Cause I know that if I continue down that route and I keep acting like that, it's going to work out as to where if I go talk to the girl that seems to have her shit together, she has a good job. She's like 
you know, doing well, that girl's going to be like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this guy. So it's the easy move to go with the drunk girl that's almost falling asleep and uh, like talking shit to her friends. I know that she's going to go home with me and she thinks I had a good set and I was funny that night. And she's interested as to where the smart girl that has her shit together goes, oh, I know what this guy's doing and I'm not going to be like another notch in the belt. I mean, she's got a point there. But hold on. Let's back up a little bit a second. You're talking right. about your patterns and relationships and how uh -huh. choosing the drunk girl is more is always more successful for you. But is it really? I mean, let's define success. Success. Is it success? Is it the sex that's successful? And is the sex even successful? I mean, you know. I mean yeah like uh all guys like it's it's very evident and i don't think people should try to act differently because the truth is men think with their dicks it's a fact we're we're literally like uh predisposed to do that it's a fact and any guy that says he doesn't think with his dick is a liar don't hang out with that guy he's like saying oh i'm on Team women, he's like a feminist. He doesn't eat meat. Don't hang out with that dude. He's just trying to get laid. He's just doing it in a different way. <laughs> um, that's my shithead opinion on it. But the thing is, is like, that is the end result is guys just want to get laid. It's biology. And um, I mean, for me, I guess it's just lowest common denominator. Okay. It's. I'm not. I, I think your argument is strong, Mike. I think it's strong. I think it's an acceptable argument. Men are but pigs. We men gotta, are, men are we pigs. Be but, real with there each is, other. but there is something called discipline. And yes, there are men that do the same thing with a different status of woman, right? But so, like, think about it this way. I mean, if you don't want to work on yourself to the point, Mike, where you're building to do other things than sex with a woman, then why not change the type of woman you're fucking? I mean, would you rather fuck the chick that you have to kick out of your apartment in two days and give her a ride home and have her blowing up your phone the next day? Or would you rather fuck the chick that uh, has multiple streams of income and could possibly boost your credit score to a 720 or higher? I would. And I'd like to, uh, honestly, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm like the random hookup guy and the guy that dates all the women and, like I said, has to kick them out three days later because they won't leave. But... Honestly, uh, I would like to have a stable relationship with a woman that would actually care about me and we could be financially stable, have a good relationship. We could have good communication. That would be awesome. I just like, there's this part of my brain that's like, that woman's never going to date you. So don't even try. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a weird, uh, probably defense mechanism that was bred into me a long time ago oh yes i mean 
I mean, what was your relationship with your parents like? Did your parents talk down to you? Was there someone no, my, talk down to you in your life? Actually, my parents are great. They're a, amazing people. Um, I had an amazing childhood. Like I said, they were just like, the thing with them is both my biological mother and father were like that Motley Crue, big hair, like, mm -hmm. let's get drunk every night and let's hook up and do that. But like when they, um, when it came to parenting, they did a great job. Mm -hmm. okay. It was just uh, probably seeing that lifestyle from a young age, probably incorporated that in my brain somewhere where I can't get it out now. Well, I understand growing up in a certain lifestyle and then wanting to live that way, but there's something inside of you, Mike, that thinks that you're not good enough. There's a self-worth issue there. And sometimes that comes about from someone having a bad day and saying something mean to us as a child and then sticks with us. And we replay it in our head over and over and over again until we start to believe it. And then it becomes our own thoughts. So was there something that happened in your life, maybe even the first relationship that you ever had, or you experienced rejection where it left an imprint on yourself as a human being? Oh, yeah, I can uh, pinpoint that exact moment. And it was the fact that uh, I was engaged for seven years from the time I was 20 till I was 27. Mm -hmm. And uh, me and this girl went to school together. We graduated together. We got jobs together and we built a life and everything was perfect and we had a nice apartment we had ten thousand dollars in the bank both of us had 800 credit scores um everything was exact like we worked on that and we built it from the ground up and then one day i found out she was hooking up with her co-worker and i got kicked out of the house and immediately i had to pick a new lifestyle so what I did was uh, being 27, 28 years old, I reverted back to the last time I was single, which was 19. And when I was 19, I was wild. So uh, ever since that relationship ended, I didn't know how to be single. So I was like, oh, well, the last time I was single, I just partied. I hooked up with girls and I had a good time. And I've been doing that ever since. And that's been five years now, probably. I've been okay. doing that. Okay. But so Mike needs to figure out how to act 43. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm 32, but thank you. Oh, okay. okay. I just look 43 okay. because of all the drinking. Oh, I thought you said you broke up at 37. You said 27? Yeah, it was uh, 20 to 27. Oh, okay. My God. It was a was seven like, year oh. relationship. And uh, yeah, one day, like the rug just got pulled out under me. And so I think like uh, my brain had a default setting of, well, you're single now. What's the oh, last yeah. time you did when you were single? Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, I can only imagine when someone's been in a relationship acting a certain way, you know, so yeah. for so long, that's you're programmed now. Yeah. Well, and did you meet that ex through partying and just being 19? Little Willie, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's what we both did when we were uh 19 is we were partying and we just kept running into each other. And eventually we figured out, hey, we like each other. And for the first time in my life, I settled down because prior to that, um, I never had a girlfriend, I could sleep with anybody I wanted to. So I was like, what's the point of having a girlfriend? 
I know 20 girls. I want to sleep with all of them. And for some reason, this girl just kept coming around. So I just kept uh, running into her. And eventually I was like, hey, we should make this a thing. And it lasted seven years. Okay. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I would say, you know, um, it sounded like for the most part, it was a pretty successful relationship. You know, I mean, obviously if a relationship ends, you could say it's not successful, but you're capable of getting the kind of relationship that you want, desire and, and, and need and deserve to have. And I think that's important to remember, Mike, like, even though that wasn't the right woman for you, you're capable. If you're capable of having a relationship like that with the wrong person, imagine how capable you are of having that relationship with the right person or even another oh. wrong person, you know? Yeah. So fun side note, what I did is I was single for maybe four or five months after that ended. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I uh, met a girl I liked equally. And I like had this desire in me to just get back what I had so bad. I got in a relationship with the worst possible scenario and eventually it led to uh this girl was a meth addict uh she beat the shit out of me she lit me on fire while i was sleeping i have uh burns on the back of my hand from her still um she gave me a black eye she broke my rib and i've always had a strong moral code uh to never hit women mm -hmm. so i wouldn't hit her back and i think she knew that so she would just attack me sometimes and just start punching me and all I knew to do was cover up. So I was just like, I guess I'll just take this because mm -hmm. she didn't hit that hard. Like uh, I grew up uh, as a tough kid. I can take a punch. So it didn't really bother me to uh, get hit in the face, but I just stayed in an abusive relationship for the better part of the last three years. Uh, I finally got out of it uh, four months ago, but yeah, uh, I was so desperate to get the relationship I had, the seven-year relationship, that I stayed with somebody that was addicted to drugs, beat the fuck out of me, and lit me on fire. Mm. You know, Mike, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that story with me and that experience. Is, you know, I can only imagine how vulnerable you must feel and you know, men are women and men are victims of um, domestic abuse more, more often than not. I mean, I've seen women kill their husbands and boyfriends and fiancés and get away with it. And, um, you know, and I, I applaud you for not uh, lowering your morals, values and beliefs in that situation. That's my, that's highly, highly uh, admirable. And I'm glad that you're safe and that you got out of that relationship. Yeah, no, uh, that's the, that's, that's the funny part is I started this, uh, podcast trying to act like a piece of shit. Cause I was trying to make a joke. And now that I'm opening up, you guys are like, Oh, he's not a piece of shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a piece of oh, shit. Oh, Mike, just... I've never thought that you were a piece of shit. I think you are a it's very a... kind and gentle soul. And I think that you should believe more in yourself. I, I mean, like you can tell just by the way that you carry yourself, that you're not a piece of shit. Every time I've seen you, you have your hair perfectly gelled and combed over. And, and, you know, I think you iron your cargo, your cargo pants, my dickies. And, and yeah, and you're, and you always have a clean shirt on and, 
And you know, like I've never, I'm, I mean, I've, I've heard stories and seen pictures of you at the end of the night, but at least at the beginning of the night, you care enough about your presence and your image and putting a good foot forward. You know, it's just a matter of loving yourself. Think about the way that you're loving yourself as you're grooming yourself before you go out for the evening. Keep that mindset all night and say no. Yeah. The girl. Um, I mean, that's what I've been working on through, um, like I did a month in rehab mm -hmm. three, four months ago. Um, I try to go to A and work the program because I've had an on again, off again relationship with alcohol that's been really bad. Um, and because of that, you know, the one blessing I got from being an alcoholic is that I won't do drugs because I know how crazy I am with alcohol. I'm like, oh, Jesus, would you imagine how bad this would be if I ever did meth or heroin, which has kept me away from all illegal drugs because I know I have that addiction gene in me that'll just like I do everything 100%. Mm -hmm. So uh, luckily, that's kept me away from any street drugs. Mm -hmm. But uh, alcohol has been a very big issue for me because it's you can go buy it at the store. They advertise it on TV. You don't think you're doing anything wrong. You're having a drink. Every venue I do sells alcohol. Mm -hmm. I'm a comedian. There's alcohol everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just drinking like everybody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. It's very challenging. It's been challenging for me as well. Um, and I started, you know, doing a lot of performances without alcohol. And once I got over that, after about a month of doing that, it got a lot easier. And I think it's kind of in our heads, too. I mean, it depends on your circle, I think, too, Mike. But, um, you know, I think it's in our heads when people make fun of us or are going to judge us for not choosing to drink, you know. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, too, is me and you have a lot of the same friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, most of our friends are degenerates. Mm -hmm. And I say that with love. I mean that in a nice way. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that our friends are degenerates. It's just like when um, you're someone like me and you're trying to go through the program or work steps, like you want to be around your friends because you love them. They're great people. But you know they're going to drink every night. And you know they're going to, uh, some of them might go into the bathroom and be in there for a while, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I want to be around my friends and the people that I love, but when I'm trying to get sober, it might not be the best move. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say, you know, keep it to a professional setting. I mean, you know, as a comedian, you know, my professional life as a comedian is also my social life, you know, and yeah. I try not to hang out too much after the show. I mean, I also have a, a child to get home to and, many lovers that I must attend to and you know, meet their needs. So um, I tend to come home, you know, and you too, Mike, you could have many lovers all at once at the same time that don't do drugs and raise your credit score and do all kinds of amazing things for you. But Mike, the first step is believing it's attainable for you and that you deserve it. And you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, throughout knowing me for the better half of probably two and a half years now is that I've been working on it. I just lose as much as I win. And that's a battle that, uh, as much as I fall off the horse, I keep trying to get back on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I might've said that backwards. 
I'm not sure. No, it made that. sense to me. I mean, yeah, it's just like, okay, yeah, Mike's fucking up. He's drinking mm-hmm. again. He's by the end of the night, somebody has to drive him home. I think Kate Burrell's been on the show twice now, right? Yeah, she has. Mm-hmm. Kate Burrell drives me home more than any other comedian because mm-hmm. she's like, Mike, give me your keys. And I'm like, okay, here. So I've gotten home many a nights thanks to Kate Burrell. Well, Kate was. Kate's working on herself too. So that's good that you guys have each other as, as support. And, um, and that's good that she's a good friend and that, and that you thank her for that. That's important. Cause you know, there's been times I've been that friend. I've had a babysit do things when I wasn't asked to, but just felt compelled to. And sometimes people aren't very appreciative. So next time you just tell them, go ahead, go ahead, drive home drunk and hit that school bus full of kids. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, Definitely gotten rid of the drunk driving thing after you screw up to the point where you actually hit somebody with your car. Mm-hmm. You don't want to drive drunk ever again. So uh, that part of my life I cut out, but the part I didn't cut out uh, was the drinking. And that's something I'm actively dealing with and just trying to improve on. And it's just like, a, a I mean, for anybody that has an experienced addiction, it's really hard to break it down to the point where it's like something that consumes you you're literally fighting with your own brain as to mm-hmm. do something or not do something like you're aware that continuing drinking is probably going to kill you it's going to get you in a lot of trouble legal mm-hmm. trouble relationship trouble and you still do it because you still have that part of your brain going uh yeah but and it's just like uh fighting with your own thought process is a really hard thing that I've had to deal with and uh, I continue to deal with it. But uh, I I think I'm going to get to the point where I actually beat it. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike, um, I think that you are just such a bright young man and uh, you really, really are. It seems as though the thought process is getting better for you. And I think what I could probably help you with, and I really would hope that you would come back for another session real soon. Um, it's just getting in touch with your intuition. I think we could do that by doing some breath work together, some affirmations, and maybe starting a gratitude practice and some other things. If you're willing to, to work with me, I, I would love to help you with that because that the think of it this way, the brain is the brain. Okay. If you're looking at this from like a conspiracy theorist, look at outlook on life, right? All right. We just Let's natural, go down that rabbit hole. We were just natural little like tadpoles floating around in the water, enjoying life. And then some weird man came and injected us with all these little microchips. And those are our brains it's interacting with our body chemistry and our, and just our natural abilities to, to thrive. Right. So now we have these thoughts that are fucking with us and trying to destroy us. So we have to learn how to be in touch with our true essence and really learn how to go with the flow and go with what feels right and stop thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We have Uh, everything that we need already. We just got to learn how to not engage with some of those thoughts unless they're amazing jokes or amazing ideas. But for the most part, all the other thoughts can just be thrown in the trash. Yeah, because 
basically the route I'm going down right now, kids. And I'll tell you, it sounds fun to drink every night and party and hook up with random girls, but I'm going to die alone with a bloody liver and AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it coming. I'm just trying to avoid it. Yeah. Well, Mike, I would love to have you back again. Uh, You know, we were all out of time for the session today. Um, But um, for those of you that have been watching and listening, thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this session, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell to be enlightened every time. There's going to be something that enlightens you. And if you want to keep up with Mike and help hold him accountable of his journey, you can find Mike at at MikeMeads.com. No, Mike, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to hold you accountable. Now you have a team of people, a team of people, a team of little light worker babies. That's what I call my fan base. Um, that will be looking after you and checking up on you, Mike. And I'm going to be checking up on you too, because you just have way too much potential, you know, to go back, go back the way that you came. I try. You either do or you don't. And you're doing it, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. I hope to see you back very soon. And all of you out there, our listeners, our viewers, subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. For working on yourselves. And don't forget to do your daily your daily gratitude practice, your yoga poses, your breathing. Stop. Don't wait to, wait to exhale. Just exhale. Alrighty. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Okay. So, uh, obviously... That started out with me trying to fuck around and be funny, which uh, came off probably horribly. But if you ever listen to uh, my show, The Fuck Shit Podcast, and you'll never be able to find it because the way it's spelled, it's F uh, hashtag at K-S-H. What the fuck is the sign you use for when people get loud? T. Anyway, um, if you ever listen to my podcast, the point is to be horrible people to make each other laugh. So that's what I was trying to do. But uh, I applaud Lexi for uh, she actually got me to be serious and talk very real, which I don't normally do. I'd rather always go for the joke. So uh, that's amazing hosting. That is a uh, world class. Jesus. She got me to be serious. Uh, a lot of my friends can't even do that. Uh, so that was fucking awesome. Um, I hope my stories didn't get too dark for anybody. Uh, I've gone through a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, I guess you could say, but, um, I'm trying to hang in there. I'm trying to do better. And, uh, I really hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Um, Oh my goodness. I feel that, you know, Mike has really stepped it up a little bit. Um, I am a little concerned though about the abusive relationship and if he's fully out of it. I mean, however, it did look like on his wall, there was some patches and some, 
you know, maybe he, maybe he is, you know, patching up the, you know, hiding the abuse and, and moving on with his life. But just a little concern. Uh, I, I think I'll maybe call my sheriff friend to go over there and just make sure that he's not still getting beat. But, um, yeah, you know, wow. Wow. Mike Mees is really turning around. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? 